0: not be the only person in the room who like watches you know BBC the earth you know David Attenborough it's like you're high as fuck <laughs> like that's how ever, it's not unique you know like everybody's watching David Attenborough high as fuck <laughs> and you're just there and you're like it's like oh the world of the sloth it's like yeah it's fucking hard man except the sloth doesn't have to pretend to give a shit when your kid when your fucking best friend gets pregnant or has a second kid or has a third fucking kid or gets fucking married or gets fucking divorced no the sloth can just fucking do what the sloth is going to do (laughs) yes the world of the (laughs) sloth David Attenborough it's like smooth as silk um I think that's fucking all I got.
1: <laughs> that's comedy, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so I recently realized I should stop calling my brother a motherfucker. I'm actually the oldest one in my family without kids. And I'm proud, you know, like I tried really hard. I put it in the wrong places and everything. (laughs) I used to live in Portland. That town is too white. It makes my teeth look bad. (laughs) I like Oregon. It's got the purest white supremacy of anywhere I've ever tasted it's hard to find a job though like i tried really hard i applied everywhere like i tried to apply to the klu klux klan but i couldn't fit my resume on one sheet i'm surprised the Klan hasn't ruined bed sheets and pillowcases for everyone like it did for me i just sleep in a white woman i was thinking about the purpose of a clan hood and you might think like, "Oh, they're trying to hide their racism. They're ashamed of their racism." But they're they're not ashamed of their That's like their whole thing. They're proud of it. I think the purpose of a clan hood is so that rich clan members didn't have to give out any loans the day after the meeting. Like I mentioned, I uh, start my day at Martha's I was there with my lady. She ordered an iced white mocha with no whip. I couldn't help but think that must be how my ancestors would have wanted their coffee on the plantation. <laughs> <laughs> I was taught uh, in school that this story of an enslaved African, I'm just waiting for you to be <laughs> to be down. I'm stalling for you, Journey. All right, uh, the story of an enslaved African, that mailed himself to freedom. Mailed himself to freedom. And I thought about it, like, there must be another guy who was left on the plantation. Like, that nigga mailed himself to freedom, mailed himself, put himself in the crate, nailed it up, put the address on the outside, put the stamp on it, he mailed himself to freedom. And if he was a good friend, he would have mailed me too. <laughs> Asshole. Um, I sent my hamburger to ancestry.com I don't know if you heard Ben Affleck recently did this Ancestry show and found out that apparently a few hundred years ago there was a plantation-owning Affleck who purchased an African boy for, this is true, for $80 and named him Toby. Which makes me wonder why... They didn't cast any Afflecks in the new Roots remix. Like, I don't understand what's going on there. You may have heard, there's a lot of young black men getting shot handcuffed in the back of cop cars. And it just makes me wonder, like, do police not watch Tarantino films? That's a lot of cleanup. I'm really inspired by the civil rights movement, so much so I wanna make a movie. It's a porno. We open on Rosa Parks, going down on Bayard Rustin. It's a good, you gotta admit, it's a good movie. I don't know if you heard about Keith Tharp. Keith Tharp is on death row, um, but he appealed his sentence because he said one of the jurors on his trial was racist. But I don't know, man, we get get rid of racist jurors, like what's next, racist cops, judges, lawyers, politicians, like let's not get crazy. (laughs) In Iceland, uh, they recently made a law about pay equality. In Iceland, it is now illegal for a woman to make less than a man for the same job. It's really, insp- I think it's really inspiring, you know. It's really inspiring how much you can accomplish with absolutely no racial diversity whatsoever. My family's from Maryland. Growing up, we had some kind of feud with Virginia. I don't really know why. But I thought about it Virginia's name for the Virgin Queen. Like that's a weird way to name a place. Like, what if she was in a butt stuff <laughs> annapolis is for lovers when i was in college i realized that my grandmother was in dc for the entire civil rights movement and next time i started would ask like grandma what was it like you were there you were there for the march on washington you were there for the i have a dream speech what was it like and my grandmother said, oh, your grandfather wasn't interested in all that. Make some noise for Journey Roberts.
0: I didn't know you were just stalling, I'm sorry. No, uh, I thought you meant like you were waiting for me to sit my ass down and try and control my fucking dog. So you could tell some, no, yeah. Uh, there's a line, did you see the line coming over here? For uh, some bullshit fucking cafe, it's what time is it? Like six in the afternoon. It's now there's now a fucking brunch line two blocks that way. You used to be able to tell what fucking neighborhood you were in based on the lineage. Et tu, Petrero. I hate this fucking city. How's everyone doing? You guys having fun? But thanks for the money. Uh, I hate this city. Um, I don't. I don't have. Oh, I think there should be a, a Yelp for brown people to rate white people? Because white people will read that shit and we don't pay attention to anything else. I think brown people need to be able to yelp. White people. Can I tell you the roast jokes that I forgot last night because I was drunk? Uh, I was gonna say, uh, now I'm gonna forget them again. I was gonna say that uh, Zach is in a new 90s movie. It's called Ernest Sits in a Closet and Paints. That would have worked, right? maybe not and i was gonna make fun of uh of oh of americans are too busy ignoring trevor noah to watch your news program that's which i would have fucking i'm sorry i forgot that one that would have worked better right i should have i really should have i really should have built up more jokes because uh i needed to tell more jokes about my ex-boyfriend before i joked about him killing himself that did not that did not land For some reason, I don't know. Eh, I, I thought yeah, this is a roast. Like I thought, I'm trying to like rip people the fuck down, but they didn't. They didn't see it that way. Uh, probably because of the tits. That's usually that's how that works usually when people with tits say things it goes badly Uh, (laughs) that's my even I no 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 sir I have the same experience uh listening to women I'm like why is she still why do they let her keep talking like make her stop her voice is all wrong I don't understand what's happened the misogyny is real in everyone I want you I want you to feel at ease because for no for real I do wish that Bill Burr would just come out and say that he hates women like that would be preferable to me there's a lot of people who just it would just fucking be real with me and just like you've wasted years and years and years of pussyfooting around i fucking hate women like can you just there's so many of them am i wrong maybe probably that's okay uh i have i have nothing <laughs> i have i have nothing i have nothing i have nothing uh he's going to destroy whatever that is i don't really know paul
1: moody
0: uh <laughs> i'm not i don 't really i 'm not familiar with Paul Mooney other than he thinks he invented comedy apparently that 's the gig He's not familiar with you. It's like, okay. oh, no 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 there 's that's there 's way too many of those uh, oh, he found something to destroy awesome I now sleep um, I live in a van because um my parents are car people, and you want them to do better than you want your kids to do better than you did right. So originally, I moved into a school bus, but it turns out I'm not, I'm not that high on the economic ladder yet. I, I shot too high with school bus. <laughs> that was a dismal failure. Uh, so n- now I'm, I'm back down where I belong with the common people in a van. Uh, anyway, this one likes to drag, oh boy, likes to drag uh, oil bottles up onto my bed and eat oil, which goes everywhere. So I had to strip everything off my bed and he then discovered there was a big foam mattress underneath which for him was like finding the largest dog chew toy <laughs> in fucking history. So now, now there's a giant hole in my mattress and this one I finally I find occasionally like digging up sheets in the corner uh, to keep going at it. So that's uh, shit. I really don't uh, appreciate the sun being out while I'm irritating bored, drunk strangers. It doesn't do well for me. This is a dry spot. It cannot also be sunny. <laughs> you guys aren't even drinking. This is <laughs> fucking unsettling. I don't like it at all. Uh, is that a light? No? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I think my van is haunted because every time I drive somewhere, shit goes flying off the countertops. No? Yeah, it's a hack. And now it goes into depression, so I'm gonna get off stage now. Thanks very much, it's been fun. All
1: right, What's what's happening? Are you guys my other comics? Is this what we're doing? Yes. There's so much. There's so much time. Oh my God! You either either do comedy or serve us some canapés. What's your name? Keith. <laughs> all right, it's Keith.
2: Uh, I guess I'm, I'm like, here, she jammed it in here so hard with all this anger issues, A misogynistic man. But, uh, Oh no here see if i i don't know take it out so so i'm keith so really just thanks for everybody being out here it's like cool that everybody's out here like that's just like really good um yeah i i mean people that'll actually go out of their house and come on over and just hang out and Say some funny stuff if if it's funny, you know. If you find suicide funny, you know, and that's pretty cool. I don't
1: really
2: have a <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. And thanks, thanks. You know, like I don't want to say like congratulations for not being suicidal, but like that's kind of oh, good no. too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought I heard it somebody say they weren't suicidal. I just got I got all excited, but the I mean, there's just there's one thing like I've noticed like this phase of my life is like, oh, I call it a week ago, something like that. Like, when I was a kid, sure, I watched Hogan's, he- I'm old, obviously, there was a guy mentioning old earlier and, you know, I'm like anybody else. I grew up getting high watching Hogan's Heroes every day. You know, that's pretty much what I would do after school. And the one thing about Hogan's Heroes, if you have never seen it, is it's a prison camp sitcom in Nazi Germany. <laughs> It's, like, fucking insane when you're high, though, as a kid. It's so awesome. Like, it's the darkest joke that could ever fucking be made. Like, let's say I was in—I mean, this is obvious stuff. I apologize because I'm pointing out really obvious things. But if I were in a prison camp and I turned on, you know, and I wasn't eating and they were killing, burning my friends, doing all this shit, you know, and shooting people, putting me in— and then I I got out of that and I survived somehow and then I go and I turn on a TV in like 1963 and they've got like a wacky Commandant German Commandant who's always fucking up and and then his wacky sidekick sergeant who's kind of overseeing this band of happy well-fed dudes that in the prison that are really running the prison camp because they have a tunnel system and they just do whatever they want like go to downtown local cities and hang out with women and eat and drink and stuff i mean i would yeah you know like if i survived all that and and they have a laugh track if i were fucking really in nazi germany and i had to go I mean, I know I'm losing my audience, but if I were, if I were really in Nazi Germany and I had to be in a prison camp and I turn on a TV with a laugh track with all that shit was absolutely false. Every element was false. I mean, I'd be, I'd be thinking like the end of the world has come because this is an absolute outrageous insult to anybody who ever been in a prison camp it was like be like the deepest insult and then on the other hand at the same time the show rules because if 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 i'd never been in a prison camp like if i was a kid growing up you know just a little kid that never heard about world war ii i think oh shit, those guys didn't have it so bad you know they had laughs right they had all they could eat they were really running the camp and all this other shit by some by some nefarious means of telling lies to the colonel and making him jealous or whatever so like either way the show is is a complete um you know complete disaster we're like you know in in this i don't know why i was thinking i just wanted to riff on that for a minute i was just thinking about that it was really fun to get high and laugh at that show and electric company like that guy that later was in driving miss daisy you know that guy and he played god and stuff yeah morgan like he was the easy reader. He was, I like watching like Electric Company. We'd be all stoned, and and he would like read. It was a, it was like Electric Company. If you don't remember Electric Company, it's like you watch Sesame Street. That's for the maybe six year olds and the really stoned people like me. Like I love to watch Sesame Street as a fourteen, fifteen year old kid, stoned to the fuck. And then comes on Electric Company. It's supposed to be a little higher because instead of just letters and numbers, they put together sentences. And the easy reader was Morgan. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, man, he was. This is how he got his start, and you can go back and watch this shit. And it's great. It, it, uh, I mean, I think it's great. It's fucking. I don't know. This is fucking great. You remember seeing this shit? Like people, <laughs> people. You know, I, I remember seeing this shit. Yeah, I did. So. You gotta
1: come with
2: a projector for your Well <laughs> so I gotta come. But then nowadays, you know, like instead of something like that, I'll watch um, getting Dug with high or something on. Um, on YouTube, you know, just like watching like a porn star get really high and just talk about like I was doing that last night. is that so awesome? you know we got real guys with serious game in here man i I don't have you know no, too much game oh, yeah. oh they oh this' for real yeah. I thought you guys were mocking me again i i didn't know I'm getting screwed I oh shit, oh. No this is amazing this is amazing it's like a breakthrough moment it's like an epiphany man okay okay well I don't know yeah I know I feel now I feel like better in some ways and I, I don't know but then well I wasn't even I wasn't really yeah <laughs> pretty much I was that's pretty much true but uh and then so and you know so yeah all right all right I'll just Go ahead, get off the stage again. But, well, I just want to thank everybody for coming out then and, you know, being, like, normal and stuff. Like, I'm not too normal myself. I mean, I, I hear these people, like, talking about breakups and stuff, and I haven't fucked in five years. I had a surgery and stuff, and I can't. I hope this isn't on camera somewhere. Jesus, I'm never going to. But It's like, yeah. that's for, so god damn it secret's out but that's pretty hard if you haven't fucked in five years so what i did is what well i can't do it because i can't you know they give me this oh no thanks no thank you dude this is so awesome though but i don't know why but i'm just staying straight i don't know like it was just like straight edge comedy or some shit i'm fucking stupid as hell yeah i mean you offered me something for free well I' a fucking idiot allegedly hypothetically and there or something and then you know so i you know I had these surgeries and stuff so i can't i can't do any you know but it, so so what I did is i thought well okay i'll go to uh, I'll go to some kind of i'll go to, i'll go to some kind of therapy that's what i'll do I'll go to therapy for not being able to fuck Poet therapy where there'll be women there so i <laughs> 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 yeah so well, I'll get their opinion about why <laughs> why I can't, how I can't fuck. That'll, you know, get, hear their opinion about it. How do you feel, how, how would you feel on a date if the guy could, if you couldn't even go any- you know. like, And they all said, well, you could, you know, you could still eat eat pussy, couldn't you? I hate to swear on stage. I didn't. Mean, I really apologize. I mean, I know nobody does that kind of thing. But I said, well, yeah, I could, of course, I could do that. But where's the fun in that for me? You know, I don't know. You know, I, I'm sort of self-centered in that way. I, so, and you know, and now uh, apparently, allegedly, I'm going to get a surgery this year. That's going to, I'm going to have for the So I'm excited. I'm excited. This will be the first time in five five fucking years, man. I'll be able to do something. I guess with by by a pump or something. They'll be. <laughs> it's pretty. I hope the audience is right out there because I want to tell them with a pump or something like that. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it's, it's pretty authentic, you know, it's a real authentic experience. So I told the girls in the, in the group, I said, are you prepared? Would you be prepared on a date for a guy who says, Now I hope you're ready for an extremely average experience tonight. Would you be excited about an extremely average experience? And they thought, well, you know, that's probably not too exciting for most of us, you know. But then, at the same time, there's, I've got to say, there were a few women that were interested in the in the mechanics of it and said, that these, but that's just using me as some sort of, you know, it's, it's, uh, like a toy, a toss toy or, or uh, not like an etch-a-sketch, but the tinker toy thing where they just want to play with, uh, construct something like that and, you know, put something together and, see how it turns out but then just discard me you know i don't want to be discarded in that way i have feelings i've i've been i, I mean i've read i've heard rumors that i have feelings i'm not really sure if i will have some but i expect I, I probably have you know i probably have a percentage of feelings under there i would think I mean, pretty much probably so you know so i don't I, I reckon i don't want to be discarded in that way I'll say that now earlier today earlier today however this is my dark side now I I there I came up to a green I can't I came up and I was in a lane and there was a car in a in a a car in ahead of me and the light changed from red to green and the car just stayed there and everyone's had that experience the car just fucking the car pardon the swearing again the car just stays there and it doesn't go ahead, it just parked in. I don't wanna lay on the horn because that's like, that's crass, man. That's like too too easy or something. So so I, I turned and I went around this guy instead of, you know, instead of honking the horn, I just went around him and took off down the road behind the other, I had to wait and stuff. And then that guy, when he finally woke up, he sped past all of us. He went by all of us, all of us. He, he went four or five blocks ahead. And to me, I don't know why the the incongruity, the asymmetry of his of his traffic uh, faux pas. First being asleep at the wheel, and then this is so he gets my face on record for the no sex in five years. Um, he wants a good, you know, facial recognition algorithm be created for that. I don't know the symmetry of a person like stop inconveniencing. Okay, I don't need to show like anger is the most boring, the boring thing. But I was annoyed. I was annoyed. I actually, I was annoyed, and I wanted to exp- explain. So of course, I I took it to work with me and just let it out on the people. and It worked. The poor innocent bystanders are always the ones that take all the the heat from driving the commute that we all encounter and all this bullshit the innocent people at our jobs are the ones who pay the price i'm here i'm here to i'm here to say tonight poor people i uh, guess that's not much sure. all right i'm going to just go on so, so thanks a million you guys really liked really like being up here, guys you fun and stay tuned
1: for keith's uh, comedy record soapbox make some noise if you come silently just for your partner so they'll know you're involved because they care about you. And they want you to have a good time. <laughs> the so next comedian is Marcus.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Media Radio. Maybe I'll leave it in the leave it in the stand today. I've never um, alright. Got my phone. Press the button. Mutiny Radio. Uh, it's good to be here. I. It's definitely not what you're supposed to do. It's just you just have the whole microphone stand hanging off the microphone. Sorry. It's out of fear. No, it's not. I mean, I don't know if it was you. I just I'm just like too I'm too jittery to. I, I can't be like all right, like I, I'm I'm you guys are so important to me, my audience. I don't want to just make you wait while i adjust the mic i need to uh keep you with me no okay now that i say it that way all right i'm I'm gonna gonna, hang on a second go like this so just i'm expressing myself with my my body right now so just don't don't feel like i'm 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 like taking this thing apart I, i don't know what the fuck i'm doing all right well just What's that? It's the Physical Comedy Podcast. Physical Comedy Podcast. <laughs> uh, shit. I, it's, it's great to fucking be here. I want to thank Mutiny Radio for letting me do bad comedy. It's, it's like, it's not really comedy. You can't really call this comedy. I, I don't know if you can call it. It's like somewhere between bad comedy and not comedy, right? Like, but I think I was... As, not bad comedy. as <laughs> maybe maybe that's that's that, that's how something something great could have just been born right there. Like that's what, that's it. That's what I'm gonna call it from now on. That's my new club, my my show. Not bad comedy. As long as you don't start doing like I don't you don't have to make people laugh. You just have to not do anything. Don't don't play any other game with them. Like you know and and for five dollars you can buy this. You know you just no don't do that and you're okay. Uh, I think I think. So, um, I, I turned 40 this year turned 40. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it, and I noticed nothing special about it at first, like, which is normal, you know, it's like, okay, you know, it's just who, who fucking counts. Like animals don't count, you know, like they don't know when they turned 40. Right. So like, why should our, my essence change when you know, I counted exactly that much time on the year? Like maybe it's not even right. Like maybe our clocks are wrong or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> very it's very arrogant for me to think that I know how old I am Um, anyway uh, but after like six seven months in I noticed so one thing I noticed is that like there's like a little less like when I was in my 30s I still felt the pressures of like my 20s you know what I mean like like uh, like there's I still oh I still felt like shut up mom and dad don't tell me what to do like that was still a thing and now I catch myself I'm like shut up mom Oh wait, I'm forty. You're seventy, seventy 79. Like I can't. Uh, this is, it doesn't make sense for me to. I don't know. Or uh, you know, like the whole. This the the yeah the dynamics different. I don't. I don't. They're they're like uh, you know this, they, I mean they're still they're still they still wanted in, like my mom wants me to come over for dinner I'm an only child uh, and she's like you know they, she wants me to sit in the same seat between her and my dad you know and then they like have some more you know have some more food and have you know do the, have some have some if you have any you know and and then they're like and then they ask a lot of questions about my life that don't really seem to make me feel like i'm here i am this is me being critical of my parents like anybody gives a shit it's like and it's such bullshit criticism they didn 't beat me or anything like that but it's was like oh the questions you're asking the considerate questions you're asking they aren't really caring you know they're just like you're just asking me all these details like did you have a meeting at work like were they you know did you was the was the meeting was was it too long or was the meeting how 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 are the meetings you know what 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 else happened to you at work you know did the kids treat you know anyway and uh yeah so i'm I'm just but at 40 it's like like oh i don't i it really doesn't seem yeah i, I don't know i want to say i'm getting like i i know the right responses to be mature like there's no there's all the things that i was supposed to be doing like i was this is the weirdest one this is the weirdest one like fucking as many women as possible is not as much of a like a motivator anymore like or it's starting to get less it's starting to get less like just starting like it's, it's like this you know because everything happens late for me like like back. when i turned 30 it was like holy shit i haven't you know i need to start what, what am i doing i need to fuck more women i can't you know thank you oh my god not to fuck some women. <laughs> <laughs> or masturbate on stage or something i don't know no I, that's not a good joke that's not funny hello you know whatever I have this whole louis ck is not a bad person uh bit but um <laughs> <Do it. laughs> all right uh yeah this is this, this will, will do yeah because i think i think the 40 stuff is over we got we got it 40 you know all right so um all right louis ck uh i'm not mad at louis ck because all the things he, the things he did were things that I could imagine my friends daring me to do, and me being like, like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Like, so, um, I mean, because there's all the uh, there's all the like the things where you um, there's there's all the women that he asked to be masturbate in front of. But that's just like. You know, guys asking women if they could, you know, do you want to fuck? Like he had a weird fetish, but it's like it's not like all those incidences were like they wouldn't they wouldn't have published the story. So the the main thing with Louis was the the headshot was the uh, the two women that he masturbated in front of. Right, those are the two. That's the, that's the big story with Louis. That's that's like why the story got published. Right. So um so it's like in in this case I can imagine doing it because it's like um this is one of the weird circumstances like if you if you kill two people that's worse than killing one person right you agree you guys agree everybody yes yeah Vicious yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pitch people good point but if you masturbate in front of two people i would argue that's less bad than masturbating in front of one person so like the this the thing where he And, you know, because this is obviously a bad, it was bad that he, that he asked, but then they laughed and then he just started doing it without, you know, saying, Hey, what, you know, what, once you stop laughing, you know, no, really, I was serious. Yes or no. Can I do it? But like, but since there were, but then once the fact, given the fact that he did it, the fact that there were two of them there, like, it's just like he makes, he made himself like the, uh, Anyway, I, I think th- I think I'm getting lost in the weeds here. Yeah, like uh, maybe <laughs> we're close. Are we close? <laughs> close to where this is funny? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so one thing about Louis is that like I I went and look I look him up all the time like to see if he's you know rumors of him coming back or whatever. And I heard one that he might be thinking about coming back, and I was disappointed because I want to work on this material about him for longer. Like at first I was like, oh, he should. I I don't he shouldn't have to leave he should he should come back soon but then I'm like I like talking about him and then, like I, I wouldn't want the the whole dynamic to shift until I work out this this bit see it, you're fine. I I <laughs> I have one, I had one bit where I was going to, um, I want to write a story about where he comes and visits me here and I like spends a week with me in my life. And like, we'd be we, like spend a week together as like bros. And he like, you know, comes with me to mute in the open mic or, or, uh, comes with me to, you know, my support groups or that just sounded so pathetic. I just stop at support groups. Uh, I, I I don't. If he suggested it, sure. You know, I don't don't think I would put. I'm not. It wouldn't be. It's not like. (laughs) I don't know. All right. All right. I think my time's just about up. I thought I had something something good at the end. I guess I don't. Um, But it was really. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Help me. Uh, I'm I'm lost in my body and I I don't know how to get out. Help me. All right. Thank you. it's like a Caitlyn
1: Jenner situation uh, the fact is that Louie can sell whatever he wants on his website and he can do whatever he wants so that's whatever it is um, now is that morally right I don't know man what does it take like what does it take to sell out um, Like if I say I don't want to do it, will it work more? Or should I say I want to, I don't, I do, I'm scared. Like, oh, I want, I kind of want it. Don't sell out, would never, what? I wouldn't, not for $10 million. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't sell out for 10 million, would never do it. Um. In whiteface, with that, would never do whiteface for, white for $20 million. Wouldn't never do whiteface for $20 million. Wouldn't, would not, definitely wouldn't do porn. Not for any price, not for $50 million. Um, I'm broke, guys. This is a really weird mic stand. It really is a very strange mic stand. <laughs> Um, I know you signed up but I'm not there I'm here so like we have a sort of a stalemate um, <laughs> just kind of burn some time I think Nickelodeon is responsible for my bukake fetish you can't do that on television the record, I don't approve of Louis C.K. masturbating in front of people, but if you can't ask for permission to do stuff, then I'm not really sure how we operate this system, dog. <laughs> and that is reductionist. Um, if I confess everything I did, Mutiny Radio would get shut down. Um, I assume, or they would try again. What's your na- What's your name?
4: Hey guys, I'm Ben G. All right, great to see some women out, you know, Um, got some diversity. There was a woman at my last set, she had a sweatshirt on that said, women's rights are human's rights, and I really agree with that, you know, especially because women have been humans for like three years now or at least the last four. So we need to get on board with that as men. Um, Something about me is um, I am Mexican. And I took one of those ancestry tests, and it said I was gay. So I wrote them a letter, and I was like, you're wrong, just like my father. But let's face it, they're probably right. No, it's it's great. I have a kid is something I'd say if my life sucked. I live on my friend's couch is something I actually say because my life sucks. Um, I am new to the city. I just moved here a couple months ago from L.A. Um, one of the things I've noticed you guys do here is a lot of eye contact. You know, We don't do that down in Southern California. Um, I might look at my lover in the eyes when I'm entering them, but... Other than that, this whole eye contact thing is pretty new to me. (laughs) You know, I've noticed that the parking scene is a lot like the dating scene here in San Francisco. You guys notice this? All the good spots are taken, and the only open ones are red zones. And you don't want to park there, you guys. You'll get a ticket. Hey, and it's just a prescription for chlamydia, you know? You got to stay safe. Um, you guys use dating websites? Anybody? yeah, no, I was using JDate for a while. You know it was where Jewish people can meet um, but I got banned because although my nose says that I'm Jewish, my foreskin doesn't, so once they found out I was lying, they told You're me talks. yeah, no, you know you you have to be circumcised to be Jewish. That's part of the whole joke. I guess it takes another layer. So I was like oh no no. you know I was thinking about the other day um, I think Jesus might have been gay and he told some Romans to nail him and they just misinterpreted it (laughs) you guys think (laughs) so um, but yeah uh, it's great coming up here and listening to comics talk about their problems you know like I was molested or I wasn't molested or I wasn't molested enough you know the camp counselor never chose me I'm still kind of wondering why to this day No, just me. Um, You know, I recently came out to my parents, not as gay, but as a comic. (laughs) I wish I had come out as gay. There might have been less tears, you know. Um, I'm still hiding the gay thing from them, so... (laughs) But, um, no, it's been great. They they totally accept it. Uh, I do like to follow in Jesus' footsteps, you guys. You know, I hang out with a lot of prostitutes, mostly because they're my coworkers. So it's been good, San Francisco. Whew. Um, <sighs> You know, my grandmother, she turned 87 recently and it was a pretty big deal for us. She got cancer and she went into her mission. And then right around Thanksgiving, she got cancer again. And luckily she went into remission. And the third time she got cancer was right around Christmas. And I went up to her and I told her, grandma, you're going to have to get a new reason for us to call you because this is just the same thing over again. Um, let's see what else. You know, the city's pretty weird, man. I go to these parties, and I always end up near the snack table, petting a dog. Even if they don't have a dog, it just kind of knows that I'm there, and it shows up. You guys ever notice how pets can sense debilitating loneliness in a person? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> um. Yeah. You know, uh, it's hard living in San Francisco. Things are. Things are crazy here. Um, I saw a man taking a shit on the street the other day and, uh, you know, I thought about it and I was like, seems like a pretty good idea. I see why these guys do it. <laughs> um my friend wanted to smoke some weed the other day he's like hey man you want to try this weed and get high it'll make you wish you weren't high i was like what the fuck why would i want to get why would i want to do something that makes me wish i didn't just do that if i wanted to do that i'd go online and hook up with someone random you know um one of the things about all these new cars today is that they have cruise control, and I wish I had cruise control because I always end up in uh, Castro late at night, and it's not good for me. No, you guys don't get that one? <laughs> uh, that's been my five minutes. I'm Benji. Thanks.
1: I like to cruise at Pride, but not successfully. Mike Spiegelman.
5: Hi. What's up, guys? I'm all sweaty. I walked two blocks and I didn't stop. The trick is never to stop. A little bit about myself. Uh, I've been doing comedy for a while. I opened for a X-rated hypnotist. Is what I tell the cops when they catch me fucking dogs in the park. I can't help it. It was a night in Modesto. I'll never even forget. Hope you don't mind. I have my joke book here on my hand. Because unlike you comics, I have to uh, bring my joke book on stage because during my performance, I might actually think of a joke and I want to write it down. It's the least I can do. A little more about myself. I just got Netflix. You guys want to know more about it? Check out my show on Netflix, Mike Gets Netflix. It's on Netflix. We're on season three, story arc, I get Netflix. Which is quite a build up from the first two seasons. I had an analog TV, then I went digital antenna. It's all there, you could just been watch me getting Netflix. I, uh, I just watched the Emoji movie. But I watched it on an old DVD player, so all the characters were boxes with X's in them. Didn't know what they were saying, I had to use the context of the words to figure out what character they were. Who else watches the Emoji movie, just me? (laughs) It's uh, quite a bun, I hope you don't mind, I got my notebook. I can't fool anybody in San Francisco. If you see a guy with my build and my age, and my hairstyle walking around the streets with a lollipop in his mouth. I'm not Kojak. I'm not trying to stop smoking cigarettes. I have a fucking pot lollipop in my mouth. How fucking obvious is that? You think some guy walking down like me with a lollipop in his mouth is just enjoying a lollipop? No. I keep a a weed diary. Does anyone keep a weed diary? It's great. You write my weed diary. And then every page, every time you get some weed, you write down the name of the strand. And then you write, what kind is it, sativa, hybrid, indica. And then you write down the aroma. Is it like pine, chocolate? And then the taste, the first hit. Then you rate the body high, the head high. Physical comedy. And then you uh, write down your initial takes your final takes, and then you write down the amount of money you spent on the eighth. And then when you finish, you have just completed a thousand dollar notebook. I look at my notes and I go, God, I had so much money back then. This page alone is worth 80 bucks. (laughs) Problem solved. I don't read, I don't understand comic books. I don't read the thought bubbles. It's none of my business. Let Batman be Batman. I go to the library a lot. I always like to go to the librarian desk and ask questions. They'll say, can I help you? I go, yeah, can I use your microwave? Your, your microwave, your librarian, let microwave in the librarian lounge. And they say, sir, I said, oh, I'm sorry, can I use your microwave in the uh, librarian's lounge? No. Is it because it's noisy? Is it one of those old microwaves that have a timer clock on it instead of like a digital display? Those are scary. I don't know why people say plot and pornography is uh, thrilling. I find it disgusting. Probably the most famous pornography movie shot in San Francisco is a film called Beyond the Green, Behind the Green Door. And it has a story. And the story is, there's a man-eating breakfast at a San Francisco diner, and two brothers, the Mitchell brothers, come in there, and they tell the guy, you won't believe the show we saw last night. This burlesque show, this woman from the audience walked on stage, four nuns ate her out, three guys had sex with her, and then she had an orgy on trapeze. so fucking disgusting. That guy is trying to eat his breakfast. He's trying to eat scrambled eggs. He doesn't want to hear about that. Is it a bottomless cup? That's what I want to know in the morning. It's icky. Man, I can't believe I didn't do any of these jokes yesterday. My wife's an editor and she always uh, corrects me, my English. But I think it's a little obsessive. I said, honey, let's go whenever you want. And she said, when ever, Mike, it's pronounced wham ever. Because of the prepositional positioning hi cassandra how are you no need to invite me to your shows i'm glad you're doing sets before i go no kidding i'm a comedian if you want to invite me to a show (coughs) my uh my niece tries to get stuff from me She said, hey, Uncle Mike, you're an old school gamer. You're OG gamer, right? You used to stand in front of the arcade machines and play. I go, yeah, 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 yeah. She goes, well, get me a Nintendo Switch. Well, how much is it? She goes, it's $300. I go, what, 1,200 quarters? Look, the only way we're going to break even if we play 601 games of doubles. W.K. told me to go long. Did you guys know that the Mile High Club and the let's fuck in the public bathroom while kids outside wait to go pee club? It's the same club. You Sam Rockwell wannabe? The movie Choke. Speaking of Choke, let me close on a
6: joke.
5: Cho- oh, he's in some good movies. Do you ever seen Choke? I Choke. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I love that movie alright that's been my time thank you very much I really
1: enjoy Mike Spiegelman's character of a man who has not killed himself yet it's, I find it moving um, if there was any Banks I'd like to rob it's Jackson Richard Banks
7: Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that throwback to before grade school with the Banks jokes. That was insane. love you, buddy. The energy in here is phenomenal. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Doggy, how you doing? I had to meditate to not get pissed about the dog being in here. I really breathed in the space. I love your dog. Come here, buddy. Come here. I'm your new master buzz no let's let's just forget about it you know you can't work with animals or children in show business i went to a funeral uh over the weekend a a friend died more of a friend of a friend but i decided to go and and pay my respects to this guy i mean this shirt was his so if i didn't go and 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 worship his corpse then you know i probably would have been haunted so but I get word about the funeral like the night before. So I drove through the night to Utah to get to this funeral. And so I'm not sleeping a wink. I'm just, you know, getting the, the crazy eyes. And uh, along the way, I'm like almost dying. And I'm just like, man, it'd be so poetic if I fucking died on the way to a, on the way to a funeral, dog. That'd be so cool. And eventually I was like, nah, I, I can do better on the, on the death. I can do better. So I make it to the funeral. Um, some things happen. I get caught looking at a girl's cleavage in the viewing room. Uh, so there's my friend's corpse here, and the cleavage is here. And I just like, and then life, life finds a way. He, even in death, he uh, he knew how to inspire me. But uh, he had a young son. Uh, he had a young son. And sometimes we'd be sitting around getting baked. Uh, and I'd be like, how high are you, man? And he'd be like, I miss my son. So he had a young son, and during the speech, and apparently he, his, the mother of this child did not want him around the kid. So during the speech, his sister gave, shut the fuck up, during the speech his sister gave, just love me, okay? during the speech his sister gave she came out and she was like during she was like Micah he, he was grossly and unjustly denied his right to be a father and I was just like holy shit here we go his baby mama's going to stand up and, and be like fuck you bitch that's my baby nothing nothing because the baby mama and the child are not at the funeral they're not there he's he's just been cast aside as fucking trash and it was it fucking it broke me And the worst part of the fucking funeral was at the very end, after people are exchanging like these touching stories about this guy and his very unique life, the bishop, which is a pastor for Mormons, the bishop gets up and he's just like, He puts this religion stamp on it. He's just like, oh, and I hope we all remember uh, the sacrifice of uh, of the Savior. And it's just, he just basically, he totally, he's basically like, hey, you know who your dead friend reminds me of? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) You should check him out. (laughs) He he basically branded the funeral in the name of religion, like this human life brought to you by Mormonism. (laughs) (laughs) Try it. (laughs) It really works. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really a religious person. I don't necessarily not believe in God, but I think if he had anything to say to me, he would say to my fucking face, you know, people like, what what would Jesus do? And I'd be like, he'd get the fuck out of my face. And then he'd go hang out with some hookers and then I would follow him. And then when they came to put him on the cross, they'd be like, look, Hey, thanks for the prostitutes. I got to go. So, Yeah. Forgive me, Lord, but uh, hookers were great. I have to go now.
6: <laughs>
7: not maybe not a believer per se, but I gotta go. Yeah. I uh I, I had a job interview recently. Uh, I re- I prefer Mikeless. What do you think of that? I I really prefer. I know, but I prefer I prefer. Now, well, we need it for the radio. Well, so I got a job interview the other day, and I should have known something was up because the dude interviewing me for the job met me at a bookstore and was like, hey, nice shoes, want a job? And I was like... Sometimes things just work out, I guess. Wow. And I get there, and it's this fucking creepy-ass pyramid scheme that's just like, man, you go, you rec, all we do, we recommend insurance companies to people. So you re- make one rec, that's like $300. You make another rec, that's $500 right there. Hey, you got any friends? Uh, yeah, I, I, I got a, my friend Joe. You got any friends? My friend Joe. Call Joe call Joe right now Joe's at work he could be on break call Joe and I call Joe he doesn't pick up obviously they're like you got another friend yeah my roommate Miles call Miles call Miles right now and I call him and Miles is just like I'm at medical school fuck off and then uh, basically yeah salesman when you're dealing with a salesman you're dealing with a very dangerous animal when a salesman is a wounded animal like backed into a corner and forced to sell in order to live And when I was thinking about this, I realized that's what a corporation is, is a giant person backed into a corner who must sell to live just in the middle of the town square just like hey this guy's got fears what's going on you got fears what's going on sir don't you dare stop thinking about fucking don't you dare stop thinking about fucking everybody wants to fuck come on let's go cheeseburgers come on please love me you're flawed you're flawed you're incomplete come on everybody everybody loves corporation man come on ladies love it ladies love it and then he realizes he's not a person he just evaporates he's like no yeah Christ it's more fun without a mic I think I'm going into the headset business. Right. This is a crutch. It's bullshit. Uh, how do I how do I end this perfect set? You know, I don't know what to do. Where where where, are you? sir? Are you in the tech industry? Good. Shit. You you just you just you walk. You, kill
2: techies. For
7: a living. I, that's why you're in the suit, so you can infiltrate their lair and kill them with your bare hands
2: cheeseburgers
7: and tell people they have fears. yeah fuck it that's a good life <laughs> um that's it for me everybody <laughs> thanks
1: all right we're gonna just have an, op- an Oprah moment where we reflect on what we've learned and what we've done together um You know, I heard a wrinkle in time isn't good. Well, so they make them all look like that, that like shiny thing, that like shiny Hunger Games thing. I don't know. I feel like they should shoot it in grim charcoal tones. It's a very dark story, right? Am I am I alone? I read this book a lot, and I th- I thought it was terrifying when I was a kid. It was very exciting. It's almost like a sexual. F- fear you know like oh my father's gone but he's a genius he didn't just leave because he got someone else pregnant in Florida he's being trapped in a prism because he, his mind my father's mind I'm a little boy and I am I'm so I, it's not that I don't have friends I'm a, I'm a brilliant child um, it's nice I'm going to try to work some stuff out uh, if you'll indulge me, because I wrote I wrote a joke down. Here we here we are. Um, so I was at at Delirium uh, the other day in the bathroom, just taking in the art. And this guy opened the stall and he clapped me on the back. He was like, "Hey, you know, uh, great show!" Insincerely, he said that. And I was like, dude, you better wash your hands or sell me some coke. I don't know if you heard about the woman, uh, the the Disney employee who died in the car that she lived in, like in the parking lot of Disney the, this week. I guess it really is a small world when you live in your car in the parking lot of Disney. Like, I wonder where they'll find Mickey's corpse, you know? I feel like the least they could have done is cryogenically frozen her and then given her to Walt when they found a cure. Uh, I heard Susan B. Anthony's racist. Susan Bitch Anthony. Thank you. Um, Apparently, Donald Trump... Spent $3.9 billion on a couple of Air Force Ones, and I thought Jordans were expensive. Ben Carson spent $31,000 on a dining set. Must be knives. Must be knives. I was born middle class, but I, uh, I worked my way down to poverty, and poverty is like quicksand. You know, it's hard to build a foundation, it kind of sucks you down, uh, you don't necessarily see it coming, but the difference between poverty and quicksand is you can't suck and fuck your way out of quicksand. <laughs> Uh, There's this preacher uh, who recently confessed to assaulting a 17 year old girl during a sermon and his congregation gave him a standing ovation. Just remember guys, a church is not a building. A church is a tax shelter. When I was uh, young, my mother bought me an ice cream cone and as soon as I stepped outside, I licked the cone and the ice cream fell off the cone onto the sidewalk and i was so sad so i i was you know i looked up a mom and she's like oh honey i don't i don't think i have you know i didn't bring my wallet i just had but she reached in her pocket and she found a, a bill and she was able to buy me another you know, ice cream so she she really tamped it down she pressed it hard really stuck it on there and that was like a ritual that we had in, in my childhood and i think that's why i'm obsessed with deep throating I don't know if you heard that Kevin Smith recently went to the hospital. Uh, He had a heart attack. It's not really an M. Night Shyamalan twist ending or anything. I love being a comic because comics always wish each other well, you know? Comics like, it's like God forbid if something happens, if a comic gets sick or, or goes to the hospital or worse, you know? I'll take your shows. I'll take all your shows. I'll do whatever you need. I'll take care of it. You don't have to worry. Um, it's strange to me that the police are all in your business, like, half the time. But then when you really want to get their attention, like, they're not that quick to help you. They're not like the fire department. You call the fire department. They They're, like, excited. They've been waiting. They haven't been harassing and murdering people. So they're, like, energized and rested. Uh, so they rush right over and I think uh, what I think is if you really have a problem you should set the police station on fire this has been our mic thank you very much listen to the station identification for like 20 minutes because my friends are bullshit and I told them to stretch and they fucking oh do you want to no okay it's done I'm just, I was just, remember what I said about my friends, guys? Do you remember the joke I told about my, John Gallagher, ladies and
8: gentlemen.
6: Well,
8: what's up, guys? Um, fuck, man. I was watching the Lifetime channel a couple days ago. Boy, oh boy. Fun old Lifetime channel it was uh, usually TV for women, huh? In this case it was uh for big strong boys like me. Yeah, I'm a big strong, big strong man. The reason I was watching it was there's was a documentary on serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer, huh? Jeffrey Dahmer's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys Dahmer heads over here, huh? You guys Yeah, pretty neat guy. For those of you guys that don't know, Jeffrey Dahmer is a serial killer from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Very nice, pleasant boy. And uh, and he he ate people. And this thing was all about the cops that uh, investigate him. And one of the things, he was very forthcoming about all the crimes he committed. And he had empathy for his victims and felt bad for them but there was one part where the cops were questioning him and they actually got very upset or he got upset with the cops questioning him right so i'm going to do a little reenactment of how that went right and so they're like jeffrey you uh you ate a lot of people it's like, yeah, I did that. You cut off people and uh, you froze their body parts and nibbled on them after they were in the refrigerator. Yeah, I did that. You uh, used power tools to drill into people's brains. Yeah, I did that. Uh, you poured acid onto a man's head to make him a sex zombie that would last for an eternity. Yeah, of course I did that. Yeah, I did that. Uh, you targeted mostly black and Latino men. Are you, a, are you a racist? I am not a fucking bigot. And that's, uh, that's where the line is. You can never call any white man a racist, you know? It's like any... Anything else is on the table. It's like you like you like the taste of human flesh. Like yeah, of course. Who doesn't want to taste delicious man meat? You know, it's awesome, right? Uh, Making an arm, a a sex zombie that would last eternity. Of course. What am I, a fucking idiot? Yeah, of course I want a sex person. You know, but a racist. I'm not a monster. Okay, I'm not a complete crazy person. Um, excuse me, my sloppy behavior over here, guys. Um, I, uh, want to be the king of vaping, you know what I mean? Wouldn't that be cool? Do you think vaping's the only thing you can be king of where you can get your ashes vaped or smoked when you're dead, you know? They can put you into a little canister and smoke you. That's the reason that's in the old book, huh? Look at that. Didn't have any preparation. Um... I love. Uh, I was in Vegas actually a little bit ago. I went to Vegas, and Vegas is already a shitty place, but this time I was there, and uh, it was a, an insane clown posse concert. Yeah. So it's like, what's uh, what would make Vegas weirder? How about uh, every every twenty five year old wearing clown makeup, you know, <laughs> grease paint, and huffing stuff, right? the thing what's the one benefit of having a juggalo concert though you know everybody takes one car you know that's the probably the best one yeah (laughs) now it's obviously like a clown car joke right it's like everybody can fit because they're all clowns into one car and go around it's like john that's hack it's a stupid idea it's like no they didn't just take one car because they're clowns they do it because every juggalo has a dwi you know that's why that's why they need that but, uh, yeah, I'm sucked. Uh, the other thing that's weird about juggle is, like, their music of choice. Like, why do you say there's a music genre of, like, evil clowns that goes around? It's like, why, uh, what, what kind of music they play? It's like, obviously, like, hip-hop, metal, right? Maybe it's like the bastard love child of Kiss, you know? It's like, no, uh, we chose hip-hop. What? Rap? No. It's like, yeah, obviously, we're hip-hop, you know? Like, what's, who else is the most endangered or, like, pissed-upon minority in the country? It's like black people and clowns, clearly, right? Those are the, the two most Uh, most beaten up minorities in America right they're both uh, people always think we're pedophiles or rapists we're covered in grease paint you know Ah, all right I'm done
1: you know you brought up a good point and I feel like we should talk about this Uh, overpopulation is a huge issue (laughs) and people have all these strategies you know you got to take out the rich people Got to take out the old people not going to cut it. We're going to have to murder some children. It's the only way. I thought about it a lot. Children grow up. They fuck. They consume resources. We're going to have to murder a lot of children. And who's good at murdering children? Pedophiles. We need, We're needing an army of pedophiles to take out all the kids. I know you're thinking that's fucked up. That's horrible. Listen, we're gonna have to fuck these kids. They're not gonna grow up. The world is ending, just like our mic. Thank you very much. <laughs>
5: Sit down, the fire.
9: Uh, This was the AltaCast. I'm so sorry that it is so late That's getting a start, it being 1.15. World Cup, everybody. It's time for World Cup. That is happening. Estas muy importante. Today, Spain beating Iran. It was a good game. It was good times. Uh... I feel terrible because I called LaToya and said, hey, it's World Cup. I'm going to be late. But she didn't answer. And then she didn't text. And and then she left me coffee outside the place. So it means she was here, which means I feel like a jerk. Um, but if you guys are listening to this, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I, I mean, I don't really have anything to do or talk about except to say, Go to GoFundMe, uh, Mutiny Radio Summer fundraiser 2018, and give us some money so we can stay alive. That would be great. We would love it so much.: uh, World Cup's going really well. It's a lot of fun. Tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Denmark, my people. Ikapika NASA, Ikaraka Tonga. Don't pick your nose, don't stick out your tongue. That's Danish, everyone. That's what I speak. I also might make some ebelskiver for tomorrow. That is the famous Danish treat. It is a circular pancake uh, that's hollow in the middle, much like a Poffergy that the Dutch make, but theirs are a little more football-shaped as opposed to completely round and hollow in the center, like an ebelskiver. Um, Iceland is playing again soon we are hoping that they they tied their first game and I'm hoping that they win again they win for the first time in their second game, that would be great Björk is going to be doing the commentary for the World Cup with Iceland don't let poets lie to you Uh, that's my Björk impression you're welcome uh, hey, we're going to get back to whatever we were getting to. I'm so, really sorry that I bailed today on the AltaCast. Um, but I'm telling you, man, World Cup is exciting because it means that I get to drink at 5 in the morning. Just kidding. I only had one beer today. But that's because I needed to drink something. And th- I mean, it, it. anyways, it was just one beer. But, you know, when you do that at 11 in the morning, that's World Cup. Uh, I can't wait for the finals because that's when I'll really whew, uh, hopefully I don't get called in for jury duty tomorrow so I can watch well I can watch Denmark anyways because it's early enough uh, but really fun fun times watching World Cup and then it's fun too because you get to talk to people about it and you're like oh you're watching the World Cup and people are like, oh, I don't know. And like it's only every four years that's the other excuse is it's every four years that I get to drink before noon I love World Cup right let's see what else is well i mean gosh do i do i care enough about you listening audience to try to find something to talk about today i mean why not huh what's going on in the world oh i didn't even put our music behind uh this is pretty awful in reversal trump Signs order stopping family separation. I guess that's good. There's a terrible picture of him looking like an idiot. Uh, Washington, bowing to pressure from anxious allies, President Donald Trump signed an executive order Wednesday, ending the process of separating children from families after they are detained crossing the U.S. border illegally. Good for you, dude. It was a dramatic turnaround for Trump, who has been insisting wrongly that his administration had no choice but to separate families and apprehend apprehended at the border because of federal law and court decision. The news in recent days has been dominated by searing images of children held in cages at border facilities, as well as audio recordings of younger children crying for their parents. Images that have sparked fury, question of morality and concern from Republicans about negative impact on the races in November's midterm elections. Yeah, the children are crying. Until Wednesday, the president... Homeland Security Secretary Kirstjen Nielsen and other officials had repeatedly argued that the only way to end the practice was for Congress to pass new legislation. Well, Democrats said he could do it with his signature alone and that's what he did today. We're going to have... Oh, here, we need to do his voice. We're going to have strong, very strong borders, but we're going to keep the families together, said Trump, who said he didn't like the sight or feeling of children separated from their parents. He said his order would not end the zero-tolerance policy that criminally prosecutes all adults crossing, caught crossing the border illegally. The order aims to keep families together while they are in custody, expedite their cases, and ask the Department of Defense to help house families. Justice Department lawyers had been working to find a legal workaround for the previous class action settlement that set policies for treatment and release of unaccompanied children, are caught at the border. Still, Trump's order is likely to create a new set of problems involving length of detention of families and may spark a fresh court fight. Also playing a role in his turnaround, First Lady Melania Trump, one White House official said Mrs. Trump had been making her opinion known to the president for some time that she felt he needed to do all he could to help families stay together while by working with Congress or acting on his own. Nielsen traveled to Capitol Hill Wednesday afternoon to brief lawmakers and his members on the fence over pending immigration legislation headed to the White House to meet with 45. 45 had tweeted earlier today, it's the Democrats' fault. They won't give us the votes needed to pass good immigration legislation. They want open borders, which breeds horrible crime. Republicans want security, but I am working on something. It never ends. The administration recently put into place a zero tolerance policy in which all unlawful border crossings are referred for prosecution, a process that moves adults to the custody of the U.S. Marshals Service and sends many children to facilities run by the Department of Health and Human Services. Under the Obama administration, such families were usually referred for civil deportation proceedings, not requiring separation. The policy had led to a spike in family separations in we- recent weeks with more than 2,300 minors separated from their families at the border from May 5th through June 9th. Wow. 2,300 minors were separated from their families at the border from May 5th through June 9th in 30, what is that, 34 days. Whew according to the Department of Homeland Security two people close to Homeland Security Secretary Nielsen said Wednesday that she was the driving force behind the plan to keep families together after they are detained crossing the border illegally one of the people said one of the people said Nielsen who would become the face of the administration's policy had little faith, faith that Congress would act, act to fix the separation issue and felt compelled to act Nielsen was heckled at a restaurant Tuesday evening and has faced protesters in her home but others pushed back on the idea that Homeland security held the rollback one official said it was the Justice Department that generated the legal strategy that is codified in working in the working executive order and disputed the notion that Homeland security was involved in drawing up the document. I mean, who cares? Let's just keep the families together. Planning at the Justice Department has been underway for the past several days to provide the president with options on the growing crisis, said the officials, who, like others, spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss the efforts before its official announcement. The person said that 45 called the Justice Department this morning asking for the draft order. The official did not know what prompted 45 to change course. The Flores settlement, named for a teenage girl who brought the case in the 1980s requires the government to release children from custody and to their parents, adult relatives or other caretakers in order of preference. If those options are exhausted, authorities must find the least restrictive setting for the child who arrived without parents. In 2015, a federal judge in Los Angeles expanded the terms of that settlement ruling that it applies to children who are caught with their parents as well as those who come to the United States alone. Other recent rulings held up on appeal affirm the children's rights to a bond hearing and require better conditions at the Border Patrol's short-term holding facilities. In 2016, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that child migrants who came to the border with parents and were held in custody must be released. The decision did not state parents must be released. Neither, though, did it require parents to be kept in detention apart from their children. All right. So... A little about face there from 45 on the immigration stuff I mean I saw all the pictures this week too of little children crying at the border and being all sad faced that they're being taken away from their parents I mean it's not their well I mean hey I say why do we have borders anyways when did we start having borders like who, it's because the rich people want to own everything Oh, we own this, This is we're better than you and, Oh man, I don't know how to save the world I, I feel like it has something to do with um, Caring about people or something But probably not That's probably not the way to do it Who knows Let's put our fun music up There's Kope Yeah, there's our buddy Japanese Bjork What a gem she is uh, oh, what a gem you guys are Coming up at 2 o'clock Got some call me Tim Special guest Lin Chen I've never met her It should be exciting I should probably have reminded her on the face of my books That we're doing this today But I like to hope that people remember That they booked. are they booked on, the, on a show <laughs> I don't know, whatever uh, Today at 4pm It's the Sparkcast, And we had a great show last night at Spark Drew Harmon and John Gab also came through Warhol Kaufman and Perry Mason we had a great great time what a great um, audience we had and something happened with my recorder and it didn't work so we're gonna be doing it live today but Spark is amazing we had so much fun and their bathroom is like a day spa Uh, All right, here's something interesting this is um, local news but not really news, more like fake news. Uh, yeah, that was fake news. That, was, that wasn't real. They, they tried to... Oh, man asks girlfriend to text him World Cup updates gets more than he bargained for. What? <laughs> uh-huh. There are plenty of people already out there tweeting, blogging, and writing about the World Cup, but maybe there's a new voice to enter the mix. My boyfriend asked me to text him updates from the England-Tunisia game. He's on his way home, tweeted Lightning Star, a law student from London on Monday night. You can't say it's not accurate. Uh, there's, <laughs> this is very funny, for Tunisia and a yellow card for the England player player with the yellow card looks sheepish. We're 34 minutes in and everyone's hair is still holding up well. Tunisia scored free kick for England. It was like every minute. This time an English man received a light tap and fell down violently. There was a huge missed opportunity there for England. Tunisia man is on the flow. Looks like he got hit in the hair. Referee is uninterested. The man with the injured hair is not pleased. The series of messages has now been shared over 2,500 times needless to say it went down with a storm on Twitter This is excellent commentary. Please continue. I see no issues here. That was the thing. It's just very funny Uh, World Cup guys, it's crazy very exciting Westworld well, that's Westworld is amazing Uh, This is uh, we should have seen that westworld reveal coming back in episode one i i know i don't want to i don't want to uh spoil it for you if you haven't watched it but wow the man in black is crazy uh with a show like westworld it's hard to get any reveal past the avid reddit theorists and yet somehow showrunners lisa joy and jonathan nolan pulled it off during sunday night's vanishing point episode they sure did a running mystery among many of the millions of the season centered around the delos corporation's ability to copy the cognition of guests And the answer literally went right over our heads. It's particularly embarrassing because it was right in front of us since episode one, season two. We analyzed all the references in that Westworld speech, the hats. No wonder William always made sure to grab his hat after every shoot. They are, after all, apparently the key to immortality. That's right, the hats. That's where they put the... That's where where they've been getting all of the... First person stuff. Uh, the hats. Reddit is kicking itself for not seeing this earlier. Uh, ever since Bernard Bernard Ever since this is they're just putting all these pictures. Ever since the scene where Bernard watched a drone host collect data from a super secret Daylos lab had stacks of black hats lined up behind it. Yeah, we missed that. White hats, black hats, there they are, there they are. Add insult to injury, this was a reveal Lisa Joy could not have spelled out more clearly in a Reddit after at the episode, uh, episode four. Well, that explains this commentary from Lisa Joy. As guest, would you choose a white hat or a black hat? She said, I'd be wary of those hats in general because what they do, scan your brain, I'm from the future. It's because season two, episode one, spoiler, collect your hair for DNA. I'm flabbergasted in retrospect that she mentions this. Yeah, I feel like they let something slip here. Ha ha ha, that's fair. Thanks for answering. I can't wait. Blah, blah, blah. What about a great one? So it was all she even asked. Some fans were a bit off put by the hat reveal, though. In a show that tends toward intricacy to a point of being convoluted, the answer feels a little too clever and convenient. It answered a question no one really needed answered while simultaneously opening the logistics of how all of this works to unnecessary scrutiny. For example, what does Delos do when people don't want to wear the hats or lose them? What about all the guests we saw in the last season who weren't wearing hats, especially women guests in dresses, where a cowboy hat would be a fashion no-no? Perhaps most glaringly, what's the equivalent of the cowboy hats in Shogun or Raj world? <laughs> There you go. Well, I love, I love Westworld, and I'm actually gonna go to Delos, so that's exciting. Let's see what else is in the news. I'm sorry, LaToya. Um, it's hard because the news isn't even real. Like, half of it is, is um, sponsored, so it's not even real news. It's click clickbait. Why the face of family separation is a white woman. That's interesting. Rachel Maddow struggles to read reports of babies sent to tender age school- <laughs> shelters. What is... Uh, Rachel Maddow tried to share a breaking story from the Associated Press during her program last night to so-called age tender shelters. Uh, press during her program on Tuesday about so-called tender age shelters where immigrant babies... And young children are being placed after they're separated from their parents at the U.S. border. But she struggled to share a report, tearing up and turning away from the camera before the program ended. This is incredible, Maddo said while reading an AP alert, unable to complete her next sentence. She passed the news to the hour's next host, noting, I think I'm going to have to hand this off. Here, let's, let's, let's listen to this. She gets all teared up. Wow.
0: And other young children. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. MSNBC's
1: Rachel Maddow had to fight back tears on air Tuesday night as she struggled to read the Associated Press's report about the Trump administration operating tender age shelters for
8: babies and young children. To at least three. Can oh. we put up
0: the graphic of this? Thank you. Do we have it? No. Three tender aid shelters in South Texas.
9: Maddow later apologized on Twitter saying, Ugh, I'm sorry. If nothing else, it is my job to actually be able to speak while I'm on TV. What I was trying to do when I suddenly couldn't say or do anything was read this lead. Maddow then posted six tweets in the same thread explaining what she
8: understandably
9: had a hard time saying out loud during her segment, which she abruptly ended after breaking into tears
0: lawyers and medical providers. Just think I'm going to have to hand this off. Yeah. Sorry.
7: That does not us tonight. We'll see you again tomorrow. Now it is time for the last word with Lawrence O'Donnell, where he is live in Brownsville, Texas. Thank you very much, Rachel. Wow.
9: Wow. Well, I guess it's upsetting that babies are being taken away from their parents because their parents are trying to make a better life for them in the United States. Uh, Wow. Oh, unfortunately this is sponsored, but it says goodbye to the mouse in your house. There's new technology that keeps things away. Blah, blah, blah. I like to use the murder box myself. And that is batteries that zap them. Zap. Um. let's see what else is going on in the world that's pretty terrible mother, girlfriend, charged in death of boy found on Texas beach Oy. that's intense the news is just terrible Elvis, this is fun Elvis Presley's private jet is up for sale unchanged since the king owned it in 1962 wow it looks super space age One of Elvis Presley's private jets Is once again up for auction The 1962 Lockheed Jetstar Grounded in Roswell, New Mexico For over four decades Has not been altered since Presley Who died in 1977 last owned it Online auction site Iron Planet Is accepting bids for the jet Which was owned by the singer And his father Vernon until July 27th Featuring an interior custom designed To Presley's specifications The plane has gold tone hardware Custom woodwork inlays Red velvet seats and reg shag carpeting Ooh, someone's calling me. I'm so unprofessional. I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, I think it's about the car that I donated for the station. So listen to some copay. <laughs> was Nichols' research but they wanted me at 5pm which is not doable because that's when I do comedy that's what happens Uh, a lot of stuff in the news about Elvis today that's funny Uh, oh this is fun Starbucks sinks after announcing weaker than expected sales forecast plans to close over 100 stores next year Wow, Starbucks. I mean, it's because they're racist and stuff. I mean, I, I wish Latoya was here so we could talk about all this. It's, you know, that the Me Too stuff came out again this week. Let's talk about this um, with Chris Hardwick. And I've been talking about it with people, and, and I, I feel like it is super sad that this is uh, happening... Oh good, here we go He was blindsided Chris Hardwick's assault uh, Breaks his silence on ex-girlfriend's sexual assault allegations Which I think were ridiculous And um, this is the New York Post That says, takedown of Chris Hardwick Shows that the Me Too movement has gone too far This is 27 minutes ago, let's check it out uh, I'd like to see it And it won't let me MSN, why you do this to me? Okay. MSN News is being problematic. But this just came out 27 minutes ago, so I feel like it'll be a good one. It's not it's not, uh, it's not, not giving it to me. Poop. Uh, silence from those in his orbit is deafening. Chris Hartwick breaks silence on ex-girlfriend's allegations. Let's see what he has to say about it. He says, I was blindsided. Why is MSN not showing up on my computer box? It's being a problem. All right. I'll try another. Here we go. The takedown of Chris Hardwick shows the Me Too movement has gone too far. I believe that, too. Call it Revenge of Me Too. It frightens me. This is written by a woman, too. People who tuned in Sunday Night Live to AMC were greeted by a terse one-line message on their screens. Talking with Chris Hardwick will not be seen tonight. The erasure of Hardwick from the airwaves and the public square has been swift, brutal, and nearly complete. This was a hardcore reaction to an online essay published on Thursday by Hardwick's ex-girlfriend, Chloe Dykstra. Without mentioning Hardwick by name, she, she detailed, in often cringeworthy fashion, Emotional and sexual abuse she claims to have suffered during a nearly three year intimate relationship with the host uh, of the TV programming, including Talking Dead at the after show that dissects AMC Powerhouses The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. From the way Dykstra nine twenty-nine describes it, she was a ghost, the victim of sexual assault, mental torture, and controlling behavior, forbidden. From as much as talking to other men, the torment allegedly began just two weeks into relationship, which ran from 2011 to 2014. So, so funny. Okay, so she's 29. Let's take off 2011. That was seven years ago. So, she was 22 years old. Hot 22-year-old dating a guy in his 40s. What do you think?
8: Oh, he's controlling me. He's getting me.
9: What do you think he was was after your... He was so after your scintillating conversation, you 21-year-old hottie. Seriously. I'm a terrible feminist, but this stuff makes me angry because she's just a snowflake. She's just like... It's just the same thing as the Aziz thing. Evidently, in this brief time, she was completely hooked by the charismatic performer. It ended after she left Hardwick, 46, for another man and claims that he and a former female friend of hers set out to blackball her in the entertainment industry. She then weirdly quotes Michelle Obama and writes that she thinks the former first lady would support her, though it's doubtful Obama would get involved in a case of he said, she said. Hardwick, for his part, denies completely engaging in abuse and attributes the wounded feelings to a long relationship gone awry. He put out a statement claiming that that he was done with Dykstra after she was unfaithful. She admits so much. Who can know what goes on behind closed doors between adults? Hardwick found some encouragement in the Twitterverse where fed-up fans of his were gathering to express their discomfort with the lack of due process and destroying a man's reputation and perhaps career. One tweeter asked why the accuser did not go to the authorities. He was also backed by his mother-in-law, Patty Hurst. yes, her, whose tweets included a reference to a bunny boiler, which was later deleted. It's scary that a man can be convicted and punished without trial or as much as a thorough hearing. Me Too developed as a movement in which people might find empowerment by standing up to abus- abusers. Now it's being used as a cudgel for aggrieved parties to exact revenge. It disturbs me, and I worry that more people, most of them women, as more people, most women, abuse this power. And if more outlets fire employees without vetting the accusations, the public will start disbelieving all accounts of abuse. Yeah, it's kind of one of those... Um, What's it called? Uh, Peter and the Wolf. Not Peter and the Wolf, but The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Yeah, there's a picture of them. He's a a smash-faced, little rodent-looking man. And you look like a supermodel, alien lady, with eyes that are a little too far apart, but she's gorgeous. And the thing that's just so dumb is that... It's just so dumb, because... What do you think he was dating you for? He's a pinch-faced little troll boy. My my beautiful personality. Okay. Chris Hardwick, the Nerdist founder and host of NBC's game show The Wall and AMC's Talking Dead after show and a regular MC in Hall H at Comic-Con has been scrubbed from the Nerdist website he founded after being accused of sexual abuse and long-term abuse by his girlfriend Chloe Dykstra. The Legendary legendary Entertainment, which owns Nerdist Industries, where Hardwick launched his career as a comic and podcaster, just released a statement. Chris Hardwick had no operational involvement with the Nerdist for two years preceding the expiration of his contract in December 2017, it reads. He no longer has any affiliation with Legendary Digital Networks. The company has removed all reference to Mr. Hardwick, even as the original founder of Nerdist, pending further investigation. The move comes after Dykstra, a TV personality and host, penned a first person account of their three year relationship that posted on Medium. Dykstra never mentioned Hardwick by name, but details the mildly successful podcaster who grew into a powerhouse CEO of his own company suggests she was referring to him. Dykstra, in an essay, said she was part closure and part warning, detailed a relationship. In which she was restricted from going out at night Having male friends or speaking in public places And was the victim of sexual assault I was expected to be ready for him When he came home from work, she writes I lost myself both mentally and physically I lost 15 pounds within weeks Started pulling out my hair And had to get extensions regularly To hide it, she wrote I generally stopped speaking unless spoken to while with him "'Drifting through life like a ghost. "'I would try to sleep in as late as possible "'so my days were shorter. "'I stopped listening to music entirely. "'I ceased to be. "'I was an ex-person.'" Dykstra said she left Hardwick after three years and said that the breakup he made calls to companies to get me fired by threatening to never work with them and that he and female colleagues colleagues steamrolled my career. Deadline has not independently confirmed Dykstra's accusations. In March, NBC renewed its Hardwick-hosted game show The Wall for a 20-episode third season, and although no premiere date was announced, AMC just announced that his summer bridge talk show Talking with Chris Hardwick returns this Sunday. And it, and, but it didn't. On Thursday, BBC America announced that Hardwick would moderate the network's Doctor Who panel at Comic-Con in San Diego next month. Hardwick, a Comic-Con panel host staple, is also penciled in to host AMC's The Walking Dead panel in Hall H in past years. Nobody would, uh, nobody would call for comment. That's just, we'll just read, we'll just read what she wrote here. Uh, this is what, this is what she wrote. Rose-colored glass is a confession. Trigger warning. If abuse, sexual assault, or anorexia makes you uncomfortable, you might want to avoid this one. Over the years, I've attempted to write this quite literally 17 times. I've spoken to friends, therapists, lawyers, publicists. The drafts have ranged from cathartic, angry letters to litigious, hardened accounts of inexcusable treatment. Until I got one piece from a friend right from your heart. So you'll know it's right when it's right. So here I go. I've struggled with such a fear of talking publicly about my experience with long-term abuse. There's an explicit danger putting my personal and professional reputation on the line so it's easy to make judgments about someone you don't know personally or maybe you do know personally but not well it's the same both ways did they or didn't they and I'm here to tell my story not necessarily intending to point my finger at the man who did it though that might be an unfortunate consequence for him but for a different reason admittedly there's still anger inside me and anger at him and anger at myself for not for letting myself fall into the trap and being naive enough to stay there but after hours of thought I've come to the conclusion of what I want this to be I want this to be two things number one closure I'm approaching my 30s finding stability and quite simply I want this out of me but more importantly number two a warning emotional abuse is a very common thing more common than you think here's my stories In my early 20s, I was a vibrant, goofy kid who loved video games, Doctor Who, dressing up in cosplay with my friends, and karaoke nights. One day I met someone at a convention and ended up falling for a man almost 20 years my senior. It wasn't the first time I'd found myself in a relationship with an older man. I've always joked about my daddy issues and thought that with age came stability and wisdom. Welp. Our relationship started out poorly. Within two weeks, rules were quickly established. Some of these included, one, I should, I should not want to go somewhere at night. My nights were expected to be reserved for him as he had a busy schedule. This alienated me from my friends. Two, I was not allowed to have close male friends unless we worked together. All photos of male friends were to be removed from my apartment. This was heartbreaking for me as my best friend happened to be male. Okay, if it's within two weeks you break up with him what is wrong with you yeah set some fucking boundaries oh he won't let you do things that break up with him. oh but that's right he's a rich guy who's famous so you just let yourself be there wah 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 i just ruining the me too movement for the rest of us or for anybody who's been abused it, you it, within two weeks then you that's when you leave that's when you break up three years you stay as he was sober I was not allowed to drink alcohol before we began dating he said I noticed you have a glass of wine with dinner that's going to stop well then you break up with him I have a buddy who was dating a guy and he used to count her drinks and she broke up with him because she said that's I'm a, that's something I do she said I drink every once in a while 4. I was not to speak in public places. Elevators, cars with drivers, restaurants where tables were too close as he believed that people recognized him and were listening to our conversations. Our dinners were usually silent, him on his phone. 5. I wasn't allowed to take photos of us. Eventually he softened on this rule but was very stern about me asking permission. These were just a few of them, and I made the choice to accept his controlling behavior, just as he as he just left his long-term girlfriend, and I assumed that he was going through some serious emotional discomfort. This was a huge mistake. Our first convention together San Diego Comic-Con, he instructed me not to leave the hotel room. He went to parties by himself and got a famous actress's number with intention to date her at the same time as me. I found out months later and couldn't bring myself to say anything because by this time, my self-worth was in the toilet. I was quickly pressured to take an on-camera job at his company. I didn't want. I do not like to work for my significant others because he insinuated I would be ungrateful to not accept it. Scared to upset, upset him, I accepted the job, but I refused payment for my work, feeling uncomfortable about the whole thing though the lovely folks at his company eventually forced me to take a check by this time like I said I was terrified to piss him off so I did what he said including letting him sexually assault me regularly I was expected to be ready for him when he came home from work how did this happen? at the beginning of our relationship I was quite ill often due to my diet something I'll get to in a bit one night he initiated and I said I'm so sorry can we not tonight? I'm feeling really sick and he responded I just want to remind you the reason my last relationship didn't work out was because of the lack of sex. It was a veiled threat. I succumbed. Every night, I lay there for him, occasionally in tears, and he called it starfishing. He thought the whole idea was funny. To be fair, I did go along with it out of fear of losing him. I'm still recovering from being sexually used, not in a super fun way, for three years. The first time I told him I loved him after six months of hoping he'd say it first, his response was, and I quote, I think I love you too. And then there's uh, something bleeped out. I think I love you too. Fuck it. F-U-C-K-T. fucked. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I want, What I wanted was a partner. Someone to confide in. Someone to share things with. Someone who wouldn't judge me. Someone I knew would be there for me. What I felt this man wanted was a woman who would feed him, sleep with him, and go to events with him. Yeah, he's a famous guy who's 20 years older than you. Like... What do you? I don't. I mean, no one deserves to be sexually assaulted, but she stayed with him. I mean, I watched and supported him as he grew from a mildly successful podcaster to a powerhouse CEO of his own company. He was obsessed with celebrity, being famous, famous people. He did not spend any time with people he considered quote unquote friends, and he only made time for industry people who he considered worth it. I myself had very little support. As, it, if I'd, as I'd been alienated from my own friends Other than an occasional party I was obligated to leave early When he decided it was time Sometimes he'd let me go play D&D But I always had a curfew He would yell in his voicemails at me If I didn't answer his calls I was expected to follow him everywhere And exist pretty much solely for him Save my hosting job once in a while When cameras were on us He was a prince Turn them off He was a nightmare during all of this I lost myself both mentally and physically I lost 15 pounds within weeks started pulling out my hair I generally stopped speaking unless spoken to a while with him drifting through life as a ghost I would try to sleep in as late as possible so my days were shorter I stopped listening to music entirely I ceased to be I was an ex-person she's really thin no one could save me but myself after three years of being snapped yelled at constantly very rarely being shown any affection I finally left him for another man That. I had literally just met. I was so desperate to be out that I just clung on to the first knight in shining armor that showed up. Unfortunately, there was a slight crossover, a kiss, a kiss I told him immediately about and he surprisingly instantly forgave me, a total 180. He begged me not to leave him and told me he was planning to propose despite stating previously he had no intention to marry me. I knew this all stemmed from his fear of being alone. He actually got engaged very shortly after I left him. So, luckily, I remained strong in my resolve to leave him, despite my only desire for three years being that he loved me the way I loved him. Because of my leaving him for someone else, he made calls to several companies I received regular work from to get me fired by threatening to never work with them. He succeeded. I was blacklisted. With the assistance of a woman who'd gained my trust and heart over the past year, he steamrolled my career. The woman actively made it her mission to destroy my friendships and she did because by the time they'd realized she was an unreliable source the damage had already been done to be fair in breakups like this one some friends will naturally gravitate toward the person who wields more powers and the ability to employ them especially in the business i'm in despite whatever history exists still There's so much more to that woman's story, including the six other women whose reputations careers he attempted to sabotage, but I don't want to digress too far from that point, which is abusive relationships, not friendships. This time, my life was agony. One night, I found myself on top of an overpass looking down at the 101, at the lowest point in my life. I'd lost many of my friends, the woman I'd considered my sister was trying to destroy me, and I had no idea why. And the career I'd built from scratch had... Oh, (laughs) yeah, the one that he gave you... Had toppled. I was blacklisted from my industry at age 25. Obviously, I didn't go through with it, but over the years, I considered it many times. With the help of a therapist, a psychiatrist, good people, plus a lot of hard work, I've managed to rebuild my life and I'm in a much better place. I've got a wonderful group of friends, blah, 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 but I never received closure, blah, blah, blah. I'll leave you with this I lost my period for a year because of anorexia. Somehow, I got pregnant ectopically. I was told to have surgery immediately because ectopic pregnancies are very dangerous and often be fatal when I found out. I collapsed on the floor, terrified They would be furious with me. Between sobs, I told him over the phone, please don't be mad and don't worry. I have to have surgery to have it removed or it could kill me. My fear of his anger for me, for getting pregnant, was literally greater than my fear of death. Let me add here, I'll never forget the night this man slept in a cot at the foot of my hospital bed after my surgery. It made me believe deep down that maybe there was a man who loved me. Oh, this is funny. And then after my recovery, he and my mother were greeted by the doctor. Surgery went well. She'll be fine, said my doctor. Thank God, said my mother. That's great. When do you think I can have sex with her again, said my ex. That was his first question. My mother never forgot. I mean, she was in a really bad relationship. And that's the big question, isn't it? If this person treated you so badly, why did you stay? Your guesses will probably include One, it wasn't that bad, memories can warp Two, he was famous, she enjoyed the lifestyle That's what I say For the record, I usually insisted on paying for dinner Thank you very much Three, she was dumb and or weak And didn't have the strength to stay up to him Stand up to him. Here's my answer. I believed that, to borrow an analogy from a friend, if I kept digging, I would find water. And sometimes I did, just enough to sustain me. And when you're dying of thirst, that water is the best water you'll ever drink. When you're alienated from your friends and there's no one to tell you there's a drinking fountain 20 feet away. And when your self-worth reaches such depths after being years of treated like you're worthless, you might find find that you think you deserve this sort of treatment and no one else will love you she says just look for the flags alright hey that's the Ultacast hey again I'm sorry Latoya if you didn't get that message I would have loved to have talked to you I'm sure that she would be like abuse is never okay and I don't want to make it seem like it is but because it's not but uh, I don't know I don't want to say anything more okay bye everybody thanks you drove me, nearly drove me
6: out of my head. While you never shed a tear. Remember, I remember. we on platinum. Yeah, we're Are
10: you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? are ye on a raft without a pattern. Well gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny, radio.fm, From there you can captain your own pirate ship listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? (laughs) It's a cash cock, honey. Well,
11: hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. Boy, they are just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast-acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So, go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com.
3: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District
11: in San Francisco.